Hey, Cajitas, welcome back to another episode of Cajitas Talks with them and Jay. I'm Jay. And I'm Em. And today our guest speaker is... Hi, guys. My name is Jasmine Williams. <laughs> All right. So, so we know that you are in ASB and video production. Yes. What are some stuff that... First of all, let's do with ASB. What are your thoughts on ASB and how it's just everything in general? How do you feel about it? Um, I think that ASB is like, it's kind of hard to describe because it's something that like you see and you're like, oh, these people or like, I don't know how to explain it, but like everyone's always like puts in a different um, view on ASB. It's definitely seen as something way different than it is when you're actually working within it. So like ASB, it's like we're in charge of like running stuff, right? But like I feel like behind the scenes, it's like a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to do everything, um, to get everything done in a timely manner. Because like I don't know, a lot of people, especially me, I like procrastinate a lot, so that takes a big toll on like what we get done, um, what we're able to do, and then like I'm like very um, how do you say it opinionated? So like I don't really care what other people think, but like whatever I want, I'm gonna say that I want it. So I feel like that's something that probably isn't look too highly upon, I guess. Kind of like self-centered. Yeah, not so, no, 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 hold up. (laughs) But yeah, like, I guess, but I'm very, um, if I don't like it, how it is, then I'm gonna say something, like I won't be like, yeah, I'll speak my thoughts, right. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like um, a lot of people have the same mindset in there and I kind of don't, like I kind of like to break out of that like box a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it always causes a little bit of tension. I'm very argumentative, so definitely ASB puts a lot of pressure on you, just as a person in general, just to, um, for me, especially me, um, because like I don't really fit to that little box, I mm-hmm. guess. So. Okay, so what are your some of the most memorable things in ASB to you? Um, I feel like it's like the people you meet. I don't know if there's like a specific moment I have. I guess like going to our events and stuff like that, but I feel like with ASB it's like we all hate each other and then like two seconds later we all love each other because like we're literally like a family in ASB. Like everyone knows about everything, you know, you talk to everyone in the class. Um, it's not like, oh, I'm a senior so I'm better than this person or I've been in it longer so I'm better, you know. It's kinda like that that family vibe where you're like you're arguing with your like little sister or something Mm -hmm. you know um but like you love them to death Mm -hmm. and so i think that the biggest like memory is just being with like the groups i've made from asb i don't think there's one specific moment in asb i think it's just the people in asb are Mm -hmm. definitely the most memorable i guess you can say you'll really miss that atmosphere when you leave yeah definitely (laughs) you'll be very emotional crying definitely definitely gonna be like the saddest moment just because like i don't know like i haven't been in asb all four years or anything like that but i feel like you build a family no matter what like Mm -hmm. especially with me i just connect with people faster but with asb like i'm definitely gonna miss all of them because you know i've spent so much time with them Mm-hmm. And they become like my closest friends, you know. So definitely. you're really outgoing, as you're saying. Yeah. What would be some things that you would recommend to people that aren't as outgoing or more quiet in the group? How do you get to know them, or how do you go up to them and get them more? Some just uh, interactive. Yeah, yeah. How to get them a little more interactive? Well, 
some um, tips to help those kind of people? To help, I feel like the biggest thing is to not care as much. I know it's more like easily said than done, um, but I feel like a big thing is just like stepping out of your comfort zone and just not being as afraid of what other people might say or they might think of you just because you're doing something that you want to do or you're you know talking to people that um, you know you may be too afraid to. So I think just like a big lesson for me, like I wasn't always as outgoing. I feel like when I joined ASB and then I joined like a lot of programs around school, I feel like it definitely helped me because like I knew those people from these programs and these clubs and then like their friends became my friends and it was like, oh, okay, now I'm more comfortable with people. So like that gives me the ability to be more outgoing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm just like, the biggest step, I guess, the biggest tool or whatever would be just to take that first step just to be like, oh, hey, like, what's up, you know, because you might think that they're going to be like, oh, they think I'm weird or something, but, like, I feel like it's just taking that first step and putting yourself out there, not being afraid of what others might say. Speaking of that, putting yourself out and not really caring about other people, I remember a story from my elementary school that you will really laugh at and really think I was weird, but uh, I remember there was these, these handball courts and um, I, I would, I really like watching just people play handball. Right. And I don't know, I, I thought I was the weird one just like there standing, not playing, but just always watching them. Mm-hmm. And um, there's one incident where this girl came up to me and she's all like, hey, how are you doing? And I don't know what went through my head. I don't know what I was thinking. I was obviously still in elementary school. I was thinking, for some reason, I thought it would be funny to be like, I don't know what's happening to my imaginary friend for some reason. <laughs> I, I don't know what was going on in my head. It just like, I don't know what's going on, Jerry. Out of nowhere, the weirdest name, it just came out of nowhere. It just like, what's going on? And then like, she just looked at me like, okay, give me that weird look and just walked away. I don't know. I don't know why, what went through my head, what, what I thought of, but it, that just was one story that happened to me. Just... Moments like that are, I would say, really weren't the right moments to really be outgoing. Right. The but wrong I mean, way. you're being yourself in a way, so... In a weird way. Which is good, which is good yeah. for society. Yeah, which is good. Because, Don't know what went through my head Because that eventually day. people will have to accept it the way you are, you know? Right. Yeah. You're not going to change for someone because mm-hmm. they don't like you. Right, Honestly. and I feel, like, I feel like that even shows, like, how even as a kid, like, we're able to, like... I feel like, um, I don't know if this is going on topic a little bit, but... Like, you know, when we're kids and we're like, oh, we're not afraid to do anything, because, like, who cares at that moment? When you're kids, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, it's accepted by everyone to be weird and to do those type of things, right? Because you would think about it twice to do it now. Yeah, you would think Definitely, about it. Definitely, you know? Back then, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Right, because be, you're a kid, yeah. and it doesn't matter. And then, like, I feel like when you become a teenager and when you get older, it's like, oh, you can't do those things. You can't be yourself necessarily mm-hmm. because you're being judged more by, like, all society. It's not right for teenagers to be a certain way. I guess it in a way has to do like with the reputation in like school. The reputation right. of like yeah. they, they fear that eventually if they do something bad or they can call names like just mm-hmm. for being funny or being themselves, that eventually their reputation will get like ruined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mainly because a lot of people are really prideful and they can't really they get really cocky, they get, they have too much pride, and they, that's how they grew up, but so you can't really necessarily blame them fully for that, but
but they still are to blame to a certain extent. Right, but it's a, it's a good stereotype of like, oh, this is what you should be doing, yeah. right? Like, even the whole thing with like drugs, alcohol, partying, that whole like mindset of like, this is what high school is, and like, this is what you're supposed to doing. If doing, and if you're not doing that, then you're not cool. Like, yeah. you know, like students who, especially like, I don't know, I'm gonna bring it back a little bit, but like being an ASB, mm-hmm. like. I don't know if it is as much now or if it's like just the school environment itself, but I feel like some places or sometimes it's like not cool to be an ASB because it's like, oh, dressing up for spirit days and like going to these events that like people don't go to, like that's lame, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it because that's, that's not cool, you know? And so I feel like a big thing with like being an ASB is like not being afraid to be, yeah. to do whatever you want to do, you know, not being afraid to dress up in the spirit days. Mm-hmm. You know? do stuff that you don't really care about because it's not considered necessarily cool. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on, you're also in video production and you're also, from what we know, you're also an assistant director. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that whole, not just video production, but pack news in general, just all of that together? Pack news. I mean, I think that it has definitely grown as a program because, I don't know, when I wasn't in the program, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know anything about it. I think I knew like an episode or two that would premiere, but I didn't know anything about the program. Um, I didn't really even know what it was for, like what was the purpose of having a news program. And I feel like this year specifically with um, the PAC news program and the video production program, I think it's definitely accelerated to where it's something that it's for the school, everyone knows what it is. I like weirdly enough, I know this is weird, but like because I'm like an anchor on mm-hmm. Pack News as well. Mm-hmm. Like I think I was walking down the hallway and um my teacher was like, Oh, like hey, hey, hey Jazz and he was with another teacher and the other teacher was like, Oh hi Jasmine and then he was like, Oh, you know you know Jazz too? And he's like, yeah, of course I know her. She's famous. She's on Pack News, like you know. And like people know that program, and I think that's like a big thing. Just getting it out there and making it this big thing now. So it's like, oh, we know what Pack News is, and now it has this reputation of not like being flaky or being unorganized. You know, it's definitely something that is consistent and is put out to promote the school and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got technically you became a a star in the school in a way <laughs> no. I guess you can consider that <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say a star and I definitely not but um, I think that it definitely has brought more awareness to the the program of like video production yeah. Pac News has definitely given video production more of a highlight mm-hmm. yeah and not just video production all the other right. sports mm-hmm. organizations clubs that have been on Pac News definitely I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be the rest of the school is also going to be on there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like not just video production, but the entire school won't just know about what they've been hearing, hearing from friends or teachers or the, you know, all that stuff, but they are going to hear everything that's been going on campus. And, uh, I heard a rumor that there's going to, they're also going to be talking about stuff, not just from the school, but also around the city and other stuff that's been going on. Right, events that are going on. I yeah. think that's kind of like breaking out of that bubble. I think we had to like start off mm-hmm. small, let people know what it is, right? And then break out of that box and kind of just put information yeah. into about Winter Park in general. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess it's kind of like going back to the two episodes ago. When we were talking that just doing something small in the school yeah. 
can like greatly impact the community, mm -hmm. not just the school, but also the community right. in BP. And eventually, when the community knows about a certain program at the high school, they're going to um, endorse in a way and like support the mm -hmm. program more because they're like, oh, it's not just the school; they also care about their community. And then eventually, there may be the possibility that certain organizations might give like the students aid and support mm -hmm. to do like better in their community, mm -hmm. like um, get them to be someone better, like within. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so, and I definitely think that like it definitely brings um, awareness to certain situations, um, and bringing in like I feel like it also brought to radio production specifically like with bringing in new equipment and stuff like that. I feel like we got more recognition, like people are more aware of mm -hmm. the program, so it's more like, oh, they're doing really good. Like you know, let's help them out. Let's keep yeah. keep making sure that they're doing good. Yeah, mm -hmm. I also heard that. Uh, uh, I don't know if this is true. You might know if it's true. Um, that supposedly video production was supposed to be canceled and terminated at this school from last year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so the situation with that is just that I feel like the, the thing that I was talking about, the lack of awareness, right? Mm -hmm. We, as a PAC News program, um, video production program, it wasn't getting the awareness because it wasn't as organized, consistent as it is now. And I feel like it was supposed to be terminated specifically just because people didn't know about it and it wasn't doing anything for our community here at Boyne Park High School. And now that it is such a big program and it's so um, well known, I definitely feel like they're glad they didn't terminate it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I do think that because of what Flores has done, the teacher of video production, all the opportunities and all the different just events that he's been a part of to grow video production as a whole, you know, bringing impact news, letting them, you know, use all these uh, equipment that's not just the schools, that's also his, bringing them from home, bringing in all these stuff for the students that he, that he wastes his own money on. Right. That, you know, not just for himself, but he's a little bit, he's like quite selfless and he's always thinking of his students, always bringing stuff for his students, always doing things for his students, try to get them to succeed, to have a better life because he knows deep down that not everyone has an equal opportunity. So he's trying to do what he can to give them all of his students an equal opportunity, even though right now I'm pretty sure he said he, uh, that there was about 200 students, 300 students in his, all his uh, classes, and there's still like another uh, waiting list for students that right. want to join. But sadly, they can't join because obviously it's full, mm -hmm. and not a lot of students in there already, you know, they don't want to leave that class because they like the, the environment, they like the class, you know, they like doing anything in that class because, you know, of how... It's ran, right? Yeah, how it's ran, how it's all put together by the one and only Mr. Flores. Definitely, I definitely give all of the um, upbringing of Peck News to the teacher specifically, just because honestly he's given hours and hours, countless times that he stayed up late with us, um, helping us with um, our um, footage, helping us work on all our stuff. He's definitely like the teacher who is, 
has gone the most like unrecognized just because he has done so much that people don't really know about. He's given us opportunities to go places. He's given us equipment, things, you know, like you're mentioning that he like spends all his money on us. And like, he does it because he truly cares about his students, not just because, you know, he's a teacher, mm -hmm. you know, he does things for us. Mm -hmm. And I think that the development of the program, I owe it, like, I feel like it goes majority to him because mm -hmm. he has put in so much time and effort into building up a program with amazing students. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I definitely do credit a lot of that to his and coming from Mr. Flores, he's given you many opportunities. Uh, what are one, or if not more than one, opportunity that you think are the most memorable? Um, I would definitely say the SAG Awards. Mm -hmm. um, that was a big one. Um, biggest opportunity that I've ever been given. Um, if you don't know, the SAG Awards are... Um, I don't know what they stand for, but the Screen Actors Guild Award? Screen Actors Guild Award. Okay, so um, we got to go to the Silver Carpet. He chose um, six students, including me. Um, we didn't have to pay for anything. Um, we got there. Um, we got a chance to meet a lot. Yeah, it was, it was the 25th um, edition of it, the anniversary of the, um, of the SAG Awards. But anyways, yeah, so the Silver Carpet, extremely nice. We went there, um, we, I think it was like, a, we took like the shuttle to the place. It was like by the USC campus. I don't mm -hmm. know what that, what is uh, it called? I'm not really sure what that sure. arena, that place is called. It's, it's, some, it's really um, popular, but it's by the USC campus. Um, and then we were right on the side of the silver carpet where there was like, when I tell you there were so many celebrities, like there were so many celebrities from like the biggest celebrities, Michael B. Jordan, um, to like celebrities that are on like your everyday show, you know, and I definitely got to meet a lot of the cast like in person. Mm -hmm. um, the Glow cast, you guys know, it's like a show on Netflix, which I'm really fond of. I got to meet all of the cast from there, like right, I actually got to talk to them, take pictures with them. Um, so there was definitely a lot of celebrities there. And it was a big opportunity for me just to see how things like that work seeing like the camera people behind the scenes, seeing different news programs recording, um, how things work kind of, and not just like the experience of meeting the celebrity, they kind of went more depth into how the process works and giving me more of like a introduction to the whole video production mm -hmm. thing after high school, you know? Yeah. So it was definitely like an experience to remember because I don't know, me as a girl and as a teenager, I mean, celebrities seem so, oh my god, like, they're so crazy, like, I'm really right here meeting all these celebrities, so that was definitely, like, one of the greatest experiences that I got, and I owe that all to Flores. So would you say that all these opportunities that you've been given, and not just by Mr. Flores, but, like, other teachers, um, would you say that they have helped you grow as a person and as an individual? Definitely. Um, I mean, all my teachers have in some way or another helped me develop who I am. Um, not even just Flores, Flores has given me opportunities and definitely helped me develop my professional skills and even like characteristics of being like a leader, giving me the opportunity to be a director when I was new to the program um, and just kind of developing who I am. I think a lot of teachers on campus here at Warner Park High School have definitely went into developing who I am because they've given me opportunity to be myself, but they don't really restrain who I am. They let me voice my opinion. They let me be outgoing, they let me talk. And I feel like 
their teaching style has definitely provided me to be someone who's independent and someone who's outgoing, and it definitely has shaped me. So I would, I would say for sure a lot of the teachers here. Okay, so um, going back to the reference that you said that you being a young uh, female in the, I guess, sort of like going into the industry, mm-hmm. um, I know that you went to the Women's March. I did. So how would you say that that has impacted your life? And how can it impact the lives of other women? The Women's March was definitely, definitely an event um, to remember. It was very empowering. It was something like that you could never really experience because you're amongst other women and other young ladies who all want the same thing, who all want rights for themselves, who are independent, they're strong. And it's almost like it's, I don't know, it, it like teaches you that you can be so much more than what like the limits are, you know? And I feel like a big thing is that like there are not a lot of females and there's not a lot of black females in film today in the film industry. And that kind of gave power to those women, to me specifically, you know, gave me the movement behind knowing that I could do whatever it is I'm mind to. You know, there's no limits just because I'm a woman or because I'm black. Um, so I definitely feel like the Women's March is something not just for women, um, for men, for anyone who wants to feel empowered, who believes in the feminist ideas of you know, equality and empowerment for women. I think that it's definitely an experience to go to, to experience just that love that everyone has and the strength that everyone has when they come together and kind of marching down those streets. It was just, it was something to definitely build up who you are. Okay, so you did mention for the SAG Awards or earlier that you, all the uh, opportunities you were given really shaped you as a person for mm-hmm. even after high school. Yeah. So what are your plans after high school? Oh my goodness. Oh. Um, <laughs> what aren't they? <laughs> um, I'm honestly, I'm not 100% sure. I'm in between majors right now. I'm extremely interested in film. I want to pursue film. I don't know what I want to do in film because I'm very specific to wanting to like travel and do stuff related with that. But I'm also very driven towards rights amongst humans, like just in general human rights. So I definitely want to go to college. And I feel like in the long run, my my whole, what would you call it? What is it called? Like a, my goal, I guess? My goal in the long run is probably to study like African-American rights or human rights just among like minority groups and stuff and then fight for that using film in some type of way because I definitely don't want to take that out of my career path like Mm -hmm. either I'm going to minor in it and then I'm going to use it later or something but I don't want to get rid of like my knowledge in film because it's definitely something I'm passionate about but I'm just extremely passionate about you know fighting for other people's rights and fighting for my rights you know because I, I don't know I just feel like that's something I'm extremely passionate about so after high school I don't know what exactly I'm going to do, but something with film or writing. You for sure are keeping film and those definitely, rights. Definitely, okay. definitely. Would you, if you do go to that, into the path of, you know, human rights, minority rights and all mm-hmm. that, would you keep, you obviously will keep film making in, in some part in your life. Would you keep that as a hobby or an actual like side job? I feel like for me it would be a part of my job just because... I don't know, I love film so much that I would never let it just be like a hobby because like I feel like I can use it to help, you know. Especially if I'm fighting for like minority rights or you know, human rights. 
I feel like you can use film to reach a broader audience, to spread your words, to spread what you believe. And film is just so like diverse in the sense that you can do whatever you want with it. It's like, why not use it to voice what you want to voice, you know? Mm -hmm. So definitely I feel like I would use it as a part of my job. But even if it's not a part of job, a part of your job and keep it as a hobby, you can still influence many people with right. just it being a hobby. You can just be like with one, or, one day you're just in bed, you wake up, and you're like, I want to do something today, and you don't have job, you know, a part of that, uh, the equality side of it, um, and you're just there, have a free day, like on a weekend, and you're like, I want to make something. And then you realize, what if I get just call some of my friends and let's make a a video, a right. video to make awareness. And you know, you keep that as a hobby. You don't really have to do that as a job. You can obviously upload it to like you know contests, YouTube, and like get some sort of revenue or like some prize or money or something out of that. Right. So you can still keep it as a hobby. Where you, you just I think that in a way that yeah, I guess it would be a hobby in a sense. I don't think that I. Would and necessarily going to pursue my career in film specifically, I think that it would be more than a hobby just because for me a hobby is just like, you know, doing it every once in a while, you know, but I want to use it in my line of work, you know, so mm -hmm. like, yeah, it would be a hobby, of course, and I don't think I would use it as a career, as a whole career, and maybe not be like fully active in it, so yeah, in that sense, yeah, it would probably be more of a hobby. Do you think you would ever get tired of it? Ever getting tired of like film, like after, because you want to do it as a job, because right. usually jobs, at some point you get tired of it, whether it's because of stress, whether it's because of anxiety, whether because of whatever reason, mm -hmm. you usually at some point get tired of it. But if, as a hobby, usually for the most part, you don't get tired of it. You usually want to keep doing it, whether the next day again or within a week or a month. So. Thinking of it like that, you still want to keep it as, as a part, like a second job or... I don't know. I'm not completely sure. I think that if it... I think you're right. There's certain times when like jobs do get stressful or you become tired of them. I don't think that film is something that I would necessarily get tired of because, I don't know, I feel like once you're passionate about something, you're passionate about it forever. And for me, it's not like about film in general, it's just about what you can do with it, because there's so many different things you can create, you don't have to just create short films or documentaries or you know, anything in particular, it doesn't even have to be about something in particular, it's about whatever you want, it can be you know, made about whatever, so I feel like with film, because it's so broad and it's so diverse, I feel like I would never get tired of it, and in a sense, I think that it would still apply to me as a hobby, I think I would just want to use it more often than most people use their hobbies. Would you at some point think that keeping those two jobs in, in mind, having the human rights section or side of it and then have that being your main job and then video filmmaking be your side job, would that ever flip-flop you? Would you think that would flip and make filmmaking your main job and then like when you're free have the you know human rights and all that stuff to the side? Um, I'm not completely sure. I would probably say that I don't think it would flip-flop. If anything, they'd probably be on the same level because I just cared so much about, like, learning about minority rights and human rights that it's, like, I would never lose interest and I would never move it to, like, a side because 
I don't I, I don't think I can ever stop being interested in learning about that type of stuff. So I don't think they would ever flip flop. I think that maybe film would there would be a point in my life when I love film so much that it's on the same level as fighting for nerds, but I don't think that mm-hmm. fighting would ever flip for film. Mm-hmm. You know, like would there be uh, any right at the moment, was there any kind of certain job that you would do that involves human rights? No, no, I'm honestly not really sure no. what I'm going to, I don't know, I'm, I don't know, I just know that it's something that I'm passionate about, and even though I don't know specifically where it's going to lead, I don't know if it's politics, or if it's just voicing my opinion, or if it's just doing marches, or stuff like that, I have no clue, mm-hmm. um, but it's something I'm passionate for, so I'm just going to see where that lands me, and see what jobs or what careers I get from that, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I sort of, in a way, she can still combine her love for film and, like, right. like, rights and, like, all that, because nowadays we see a lot of YouTubers who influence, like, influence people with their opinions, and they go to all these rallies and march, mm-hmm. and, and even now, like, on TV with um, Stephen Colbert and, like, Trevor Noah, they make fun of politics and, like, certain things going on, but they still get their message out. Mm-hmm. It's just that they put it in a way where people would like it, and they were eventually understand their message. Right. I guess it's sort of in a way you can keep both of your um, passions doing like a certain job, like mm-hmm. either seeing TV or being a vlogger and like um, sharing your content with people. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel like with the growth of like social media and the different platforms, that, that option is made extremely feasible for people who just want to use film in any type of way they feel necessary and for voicing like my opinions for human rights and stuff. So I definitely feel like that's something that's a lot easier now that we have like things like YouTube, social media, all that type of stuff. Yeah, and then like you're, I really like the idea that you're going for to go to like, those two pathways because eventually the media will never stop like right. growing. Um, generations are going to come and they're going to need entertainment. And I hate to say this, but the world will never be perfect. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be inequality. There's always going to be like racism. There's always going to be something going around the world. And eventually people are going to stand up for what they believe, mm-hmm. whether other people like it or not. Right. So I feel like those two like paths, pathways are really good of your choice because it's something that it will never stop growing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that could also empower you as a person and as a person it like gets you like recognized with other people and inspire other people to stand up for what they believe mm-hmm. saying if she did it then i can do it right and i think that that's a big thing for me i think um a lot of that has to do with just being me being a minority and both since like i'm a female and a black woman and a lot of people think that like oh if you're you know a minority hispanic black you know there's a limitation of what you can do specifically what line of field you can be in um, you know, what you can do because you're limited by that stereotype of like, oh, you can't be successful because of your race, you know? And I feel like I want to break that boundary. And even if it's with film or if it's with fighting for, you know, my beliefs, I think that I just want it to be like, I want to change that idea and change that perspective on minority groups that like we can't do stuff because of our race, you know? Mm -hmm. So I definitely feel like that's a big thing. Speaking earlier of, uh, new generations, mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel about, you know, 
all these social medias, all these, uh, you know, like Instagram, Facebook, even though Facebook, you know, is kind of yeah. fading out, <laughs> fading away, and, you know, Twitter is taking over, mm-hmm. and uh, Snapchat and all that. How do you think, whether in a good or bad way, that would influence the future generations? Oh, my gosh. I don't... I have mixed feelings about social media because I'm so hypocritical because <laughs> I'm like, social uh-huh. media is bad, but I love social media. Mm-hmm. I, I can't when I have my social media. I, I'm on it all the time, Twitter, Snapchat, you know. But I feel like it's becoming a situation where we're no longer like looking to people, we're looking to our phones. And like I'll sit in a room and sometimes you have to just take a minute and realize, you'll sit in a room and you'll just look at everyone's on their phone. No one's talking, no one's trying to meet each other. And I feel like that goes back to like the whole being outgoing thing. I feel like phones have not taken away the ability to be outgoing, but it's it's died it down to where it's like, you don't have to be. The connection can, between people. Right, the mm-hmm. connection yeah. has definitely died down. It's like, oh, I don't have to go out and talk to people. I don't mm-hmm. have to step outside. I'm just gonna sit here on my phone and like look what other people say on social media. And it's something that it's like, it's, taking away that human interaction and that ability to progress with being outgoing and being unafraid. And I feel like it, it definitely has put that whole stereotype on our society of like, this is what cool is, this is what you're supposed to be, this is what you're supposed to look like, this is supposed to act, you know. And social media has definitely shaped the idea of person and it's like people are afraid to not be that person, you know. Yeah. So I feel like that's the one like major downfall of like a mm-hmm. social media. But there's good, obviously there's a good and a bad side. Definitely. I, what I think would be a good side would be, uh, obviously you guys are listening to this right now, which is our podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, without social media, we wouldn't really be able to, uh, you know, promote it and, you know, even have a podcast if we didn't obviously have the internet and ways to have our discussions. So I, that's one of the things, you know, that I think would is a really beneficial with you know social media and like internet in general. Uh, something else would probably be like, like let's say one of your family members is uh, in the army and you know they can't really come over to visit. You know they're on a mission somewhere else or boot camp or whatever, and you know you really miss them. Whether they're like your brother, your sister, your uncle, your cousins, your family, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, whoever they might be, and, you know, you don't really get a chance to talk with them, so you, you know, use social media to, you know, interact with them, to be able to, you know, communicate with them when you you normally can't, you know, face-to-face. That's also something pretty big that you can um, use social media for. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's been a definitely... In a sense, like, as it's taking away human connection, and I don't mean it in necessarily all platforms of taking away any type of human interaction, we still interact with people, you know, through social media specifically, and it definitely has been an outreach source for many, um, with family, um, with anyone, you know, but I feel like playing into that, it's kind of like taking away that aspect of, like, I want to go meet people when I, mm-hmm. why, you know, like, it's kind of like, why would I go outside and go do something when I can sit home and like watch a YouTube video Mm -hmm. you know so like it's like I feel like it hasn't affected our generation as much and I feel like when there's like all these things we're on I mean not social media 
like portraying our generation as like, oh, we're just on our phone, you know. In a sense, we are, but we still have that ability to connect with other humans. You know, it hasn't really affected us, but I feel like with the new generation coming and the new generations to come, I feel like it's going to have a major impact on what they do. Because, you know, there's two-year-olds that are, like, on their iPad, you know, yeah. all the time. Like, that's all they want. Can you have can you give me that iPad? Like, that's it, you know? It's not like, I want to go have fun. I want to go play outside. I want to use my imagination. It's like, it's taken away that creative ability, I feel yeah. like. But to an extent, you can't really blame everyone right at the at, in this generation because you know the internet not too long ago was just created so we still are not you know custom accustomed to how the internet works how we should uh you know control it how much how much use should we use it in a day how much you know all these other factors that go into should we use it or not use it mm-hmm. is it a good thing is it a bad thing if you know how young can a kid be until you know they start using this internet the technology because you know nowadays you know the majority of the schools all over the world have some sort of technology um you know whether it being phones ipads provided by the school computers uh you know anything really the, the kids are like focused on that because it's something new and uh, something that we're still trying to get accustomed to. So to an extent, you can't really blame us. It's still our choice whether we use it or not and how much we use it. But to an extent, you can't really blame us because it's still so new. Right, it's new. And I feel like, I mean, of course, it's like with everything that's new, you don't really know how to handle it. And Mm -hmm. of course, there's good and bad social media um, and with internet in general and stuff like that. But like, yeah, I understand. Like, you can't really blame us because, you know, we have no... We, we didn't know, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I feel like it's time to start realizing this stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. like realizing like the bad, trying to fix it, and like making it less addictive to where it's like, oh, I have to be able to have to have it. We can't live without our phones. So to an extent, there needs to be like a control. Right, and I feel yeah. like that just, like that's self-control, you know, and I feel like, but we don't put in place this idea that you should have self-control. Mm-hmm. It's just like, well, yeah, like, it's okay to be on your phone all the time, like, you know, and it's normal. It's not normal to, like, sit in a room with no phones out and, like, talk to people. But it's normal to be on your phone and not talk to people, you know? And so breaking those little boundaries. Mm-hmm. But, like, social media, of course, can be the best thing, and it's, like, interesting, and it connects you to a lot of different information. It connects you to people, and it's a great tool, but I think, in a way, it can be harmful. Mm-hmm. It, it literally depends on... I guess it all starts with the with an individual, mm-hmm. exactly. because if that if that person doesn't know how to like set like their own boundaries or like their own like restrictions, then in the future how are they going to teach other people to like stop doing something that they keep doing again? So I guess in a way, social media it's yeah it's fun it's cool, but if teens or individuals like certain individuals don't know how to use it. It could um, harm other people, like exactly. other other groups. Like for example, the a couple of weeks ago, we had a couple of um, students from Newport Beach, I think, um, posting their social media and setting up there from the from the third right, and oh. that definitely yeah. impacted a certain community, or it could have offended a student that eventually lead them to depression. Right. So I guess social media has um, a, vi- a big impact on people either it's whether for good or for bad yeah i actually i don't know um but my dad i mean he's a part of like the other another generation older generation 
he doesn't understand, I guess, the harm in it in social media. Like, I think he's very, like, it's easy not to be on it because he didn't grow up in it. Right. I feel like, with me, it's like, I grew up with this, with, like, these people were always on their phones, and it's not, it's not as easy to be off social media, right? Um, but his idea with the whole, um, I don't know if you know, but Instagram kind of made this tool you can turn off your comedy. And he's like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, the point of social media is to comment. And the point of Instagram is to comment. And I was like, oh, the point of Instagram is to post, right? And to show people what you're doing. It's just, you know, to enjoy the fact that you want to be, you know, put yourself out there. And he's, he doesn't understand that, that, like, I was like, well, you know, turning off comments is because people get spammed and bullied. And he's like, well, if you're putting yourself out there, then you should, you know, handle it. Don't turn off your comments because that's the point, like, I want to read it. You know, it's like... You're exactly why the, like why they did that. They don't people don't go on social media expecting to be bullied or to be harmed, and you know we have to understand that like there's limitations like we shouldn't do you know certain things. So like I feel like Instagram with the whole turning off their comments, I feel like it was a great implantation because there's so many people who are harmed by social media and people who are just being so mean behind a screen, you know, and so. I don't know, I couldn't get him to understand it, that, like, that's what that was for. And he's like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense. Like, it's social media. Like, you're supposed to, like, if you're putting yourself out there, then, you know, like, if you don't want to be bullied, then get off social media. It's, like, it's harder for us, you know, to mm-hmm. do, to set those boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a person-by-person case because we don't know what our limitations should be, you know? So I feel like as we grow, we kind of got to put those things in place, yeah. you know? As you were saying, I saw earlier that... It's all up to the mindset of an individual. Going back to a, another podcast, an earlier episode, uh, there's a small story that I remember reading about. And it's about these two twins, if, you know, if anyone hasn't heard of it yet. Uh, it's about these two twins that were born literally like moments apart. And their mother was, uh, uh, you know, she, w- she didn't make it through the, you know, through giving birth to the kids, uh, she did pass after giving birth, and which led hit their their dad into depression, which because you know he became a uh, depressed, he started finding other ways to, you know, cope hide, with it. Yeah, cope with it, and just you know not feel depressed because you know his wife you know passed away, and so he became an alcoholic. He became drunk all the time. You know. Uh, beating the kids as they grew up and all that and as the kids grew they're always with each other they always uh, you know had almost every same event and experience almost the same exact same stuff happened one happened to the other and once they grew up uh, one of them became a CEO of a large corporation uh, became a millionaire and the other one became a drunk and you know poor he was homeless and out living out in the streets and when asked or interviewed uh, this the child that was the younger one which was the one that was drunk and became homeless when he was asked why why are you the person that you are now uh, he said that he looked at he just looked at his father and when asked the same question to the older brother, um, why, how, why were you the person that you are today? He also responded with the same answer. I just looked at my father. And when they were both asked to elaborate on their question or on their answer, the younger one said, 
oh, I, I just looked at my father and what he did, I thought it was right, so I just became how he was. While the other brother, he said that, oh, I looked at my father, but I didn't want to be the man that he was. I, I wanted to be better. I wanted to be my own individual. So like you were saying, yeah, it, it all depends on the individual and all their perspective. And it does have a big role on, you know, people you talk with, people you interact with, your daily events and just overall the environment you, you're in. Yeah, it definitely affects another like person's like mind of thinking and the way they feel. So, like for example, like with Chew Jazz, like you're in ASB, you're like in theater production, and you you may not know, but some people may look up to you as a role model, and they they're gonna be like, oh, I want to be like her, I want to do the thing, the same thing, like especially underclassmen, and you setting an example of being like showing school spirit, showing like that you're outgoing. Eventually, that could lead to other people being like, oh, I'm going to do the same thing because, like, I like how she is, then that's probably why she became like that. Yeah, I feel like for me, like, I enjoy being that person that people can be like, oh, like, you know, I like that Jasmine is this, you know, I want to be like that, you know, and I, that's something that, like, I can't, it's indescribable because it's, like, the best feeling to know that you're setting an example. But it's also like that pressure to where it's like, oh, like, you know, you have to be on yourself because there's mm-hmm. people who look up to you, you know. And like, I, I don't even know, like this, um, this freshman, I think she doesn't know that she made my day, but she was like, you know, I want to be just like, I want to be like Jasmine when I'm a senior. It's like, you know, I want to I be unafraid to like do whatever, you know, and to express myself or, you know, to not be afraid of what other people may say, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just be yourself. And that was like the best feeling that like, I didn't even notice that I'm able to do that and that other people can't necessarily do that. So it was like such a great moment. So like being in these clubs and being in ASB and video production and stuff like that, it's like I enjoy being in those things because I like meeting people and then making an impact on their lives and showing them that there's more, you know, that you can do. You can do whatever you want, you know. You don't have you're not limited by anything, you know. And like pulling back real quick to just like the whole black female thing, you know, like it sometimes always feels weird when you're like the only, like I'm the only like black person in a leadership position, you know? And it just, it kind of just gives me that motivation to keep going and keep being that person that like, people look up to or people have high hopes for because it gives me motivation to be more outgoing, to succeed more, and just to be myself more, you know, not afraid to think about what other people mm-hmm. makes, you know, think or anything. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to be all for the podcast. So before we go, Jazz, do you want to say anything that you didn't mention, like to especially like underclassmen or other people? Like, do you any have last words? Any last words for, for those people? Um, I think that my biggest thing is just, you know, don't be afraid of what the world may see. And like, if it's not, you're not perfect. You weren't born to be perfect. You're born to be yourself. And society doesn't always shape the best person to be and you don't have to look a certain way you don't have to be a certain way you just have to be yourself and don't be afraid to do the things that you want to do so i feel like for underclassmen don't limit yourself be who you want to be and step out of your box it's very inspiring very very inspiring Okay, guys, well, thank you guys for joining in this podcast. Make sure you guys stay tuned for our new podcast on Thursday. 
uh, with a new special with mm. a new guest mm -hmm. and yeah thank you guys for joining us see you next uh, on our next episode bye bye